sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome to our number two. The morning after live right here on this Monday on SportsGrid. Sirius XM Channel 159. That is the home for SportsGrid Radio on Sirius XM. All across the Spiz Grizz Network, I am Ben Stevens. Thank you for joining us here on this Monday morning. Of course, we will continue to dive into the madness. We'll touch in on the association as well. And as we get rolling into the Sweet 16 this upcoming weekend in the NCAA tournament, you need that odds and advice to make sure you can dive through that path. But first, as we start our number two, time to touch in on other areas across the sports world over the weekend. The NFL offseason continues to churn on, and we saw history yesterday as Brandon Cooks was traded from the Houston Texans, but not far away in the state of Texas, to the Dallas Cowboys. In return, Houston grabs more draft capital, a fifth rounder this year, a sixth round pick from next season. A big play threat now joins the Dallas Cowboys. This is also the fourth time that Brandon Cooks has been traded, tying an NFL record for the most trades in NFL history, or at least a player involved in the most trade acquisitions. That stat coming from our stat man, Joe Frizo. He is tied with Brandon Marshall and Kiko Alonso, who have also both been traded four separate times. There was a thought, perhaps, the Dallas Cowboys would be in on the running for free agent wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. Recovering from that torn ACL, he suffered two Super Bowls ago, but just two weeks ago, holding a private workout for a bunch of NFL teams in the Phoenix, Arizona area. However, it doesn't necessarily seem like Dallas will be in on Odell anymore. So let's take a look at the Cowboys' odds to make some noise here in the 2023 NFL campaign. Dallas has the third best number to win the NFC at 6 to one you see that Super Bowl price for the Cowboys as well it's 15 to one it's the sixth best number alongside the New York Jets on the FanDuel Sportsbook but again Dallas has failed to reach a championship game now in 12 straight postseason appearances their record once they get to the playoffs not very good however in the division the NFC East still has that weird thing where we're going on near two decades now where we have not seen a repeat divisional champion last year the Eagles won it so maybe that means the Cowboys have some value the Eagles defense continuing going under a makeover throughout this offseason Chauncey Gardner Johnson on his way from Philadelphia signing late last night with the Detroit Lions. The Lions, their price to win the NFC North, growing even shorter. It was plus 145. The Lions, the favorites to win the divisional crown. Yes, the Lions, the favorites to win the divisional crown in the NFC North with a plus 130 number. The World Baseball Classic continues over the weekend as well. Team USA in to the quarterfinals or into the semifinals, I should say, and they pick up a big win over Cuba. I mean big, 14 to 2. 
Trey Turner has had the hottest bat for the Americans. Two homers against the Cubans in that 14-2 victory. He hit a huge go-ahead grand slam late in the game on Saturday night in the quarterfinal matchup against Venezuela. USA was a favorite, minus 210 on that money line against Cuba. Or they were minus 210, I should say, to back that run line of one and a half. So, Team USA has advanced to the finals of the World Baseball Classic. That game on Tuesday. Who will they play? We will find out on this Monday. A welcome first to our Sports Grid radio audience here. Hour number two of a Monday on the morning after. Sirius XM, Channel 159. All of our radio terrestrial affiliates now in the fold as well. I am Ben Stevens. So the Americans in the World Baseball Classic, a big 14-2 victory over Cuba in the semifinal yesterday. Trey Turner, two home runs for Team USA, following a huge go-ahead grand slam late in the game in the quarterfinal against Venezuela, and Team USA was a heavy favorite at minus 480 on the money line to advance to the final. They await the winner of Japan and Mexico. Now, the Japanese have been an absolute wagon so far here in the World Baseball Classic in 2023. They are perfect, unbeaten, 5-0, with names like Shohei Otani and Yu Darvish leading the way. Roki Sasaki will get the start for the Japanese against the Mexicans in the semifinal matchup today. Roki Sasaki, last year in the MBL, nearly threw back-to-back perfect games. He is a name that all baseball fans should pay attention to. Now to the PGA Tour, the Valspar Championship, a first for Taylor Moore, his first PGA Tour victory as he took home the Valspar title yesterday. He was 50-1 to pre-tournament. That's how you cash a big ticket, big ticket and a big check for his first PGA Tour victory. A big event in the world of tennis out in Palm Springs over the past couple weeks at the Indian Wells Masters Champions. Carlos Alcaraz, who has been battling it out with Novak Djokovic for that top spot in the world, takes home the event on the ATP on the men's side. His third ATP 1000 victory for the women. Elena Rabakina gets the victory on the WTA side. Her first WTA 1000 victory as well. She beats Arena Zabalenka in the final. Carlos Alcaraz knocks off Daniil Medvedev. And because of the victory, he returns to world number one, snapping Medvedev's 19-match winning streak. Now to the NBA. We touch in on the association up next. The final 7-10 to 10 games in the NBA regular season. Playoff positioning front and center. We'll do that up next on the morning after. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. On the morning after, I suppose, I am Ben Stevens. Thank you for joining us here on this Monday morning. We have hit on a ton of basketball in our first hour plus of this show. 
all in March Madness, in the Big Dance, and the NCAA Tournament in the college ranks. Now it's time to turn our attention to the association. Depending on where you look across the league in the standings component, you'll see 8, 9, 10, 11, maybe 12 games remaining for most teams around the association, all trying to figure out if they will earn a postseason berth or what their playoff positioning looks like. We recap a weekend in the NBA now on the morning after on this Monday. I am Ben Stevens. That is Brian Fonseca joining us here for his NBA focus on this Monday morning. Fonseca, I hope you had a great weekend. hope both the big dance and the NBA profitable for you, my friend. <sighs> Until yesterday, yes, because I had Gonzaga minus four and a half, and then there was a backdoor cover with the half-court buzzer beater. And then also had the Pistons plus ten and a half, and Tyler Hero decided to get hot late, and the Pistons couldn't make a shot in the last couple minutes. But, you know, ge generally you've been doing very well. Thank you, uh, Kansas State, for at least uh, making mm. – Yesterday, not a total disaster. Shout out to Marquise Noel. Can't wait for Kansas State versus Michigan State. That's one of the games I'm looking forward to the most in the tournament at this point with two, two New York City guards, both of whom I've covered a little bit when they were in high school. A New York guy looking at two New York guards facing off in Madison Square Garden. Tyson Walker, 23 points to pace Michigan State yesterday. Marquise Noel, absolutely nuclear, 27 points to lead Kansas State to a Sweet 16 appearance over Kentucky. Now to the NBA, where we learn all the time, Fonseca, in this world of sports betting, the hook can give it and the hook can take it. Milwaukee wins yesterday at home by seven points. They do not cover as a seven and a half point favorite. 118, 111, the final score last night as Milwaukee picks up their 51st victory of this season when you look at these milwaukee bucks right now fonseca a two and a half game lead for the top spot in the eastern conference standings where do you evaluate the bucks what are they telling you right now about their level of basketball about to enter the playoffs they're reminding <clears throat> excuse me they're reminding everybody that they're emphatically here and potentially should be the favorites to win the nba championship at this point because they're that good defensively. Their offense is good enough. It can get clunky at times, but it's it's less clunky now than it was earlier in the season, now that you're getting more from certain guys on the team. Uh, and you know that this championship core can win a title because they've done it already with the exact same group. Giannis, uh, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, Bobby Portis, Brooke Lopez. And on top of that, they're just peaking at the right time where the Celtics are not, emphatically not right now. They've actually fallen to third in the conference, and they're right now uh, 49-23. and 23. The Sixers have only 22 losses, so in the loss column, the Celtics are behind. And yep. they're falling into potentially the three seed, which honestly, <laughs> considering that you might play the Brooklyn Nets unless the Heat catch them, probably is a better matchup. It probably is better to get the three seed than the two seed at this point. Um, because you'd rather yeah. see Brooklyn than Miami uh, in the playoffs. However, still not great for the Celtics to and the Celtics and the Bucks really going in opposite directions at this point. The Sixers also let's throw them in here because they're starting to peak at the right time. They've been doing things that are sustainable, right? Lately, uh, very effective both sides of the ball. I'm always going to question a playoff team that has James Harden on their roster. I'm just going to do it every single time because it's proven to be very worthwhile throughout the course of his career. Same goes for Joel Embiid to some extent, not because of um, 
the same type of disappointing performances, but it's also the injury history, and he tends to get hurt at the worst time of the year, and it tends to be late or some sort of ailment. It happened against the Raptors where he played. He had, like, the flu and some injury or whatever the case may be, and he was very inefficient, shot, like, 36%, I believe, in the conference semifinals that Jimmy Butler nearly pulled it out uh, when he was with the 76ers, and then last year broke his nose in the playoffs against the Heat. Like, it's just – it was ridiculous. So – uh, yeah, I think Milwaukee is here emphatically, and I think that they should be the favorites right now, though I'm not sure I'd yep. pick them because I have no idea what's going to happen over the course of the next month or so. The Bucks are the favorites in the East, plus 120, 40 cents ahead of the Celtics, plus 160 for Boston. A drop-off to 6-1 to one for Philly. The odds would say Fonseca. There's a tier of two atop the Eastern Conference. The standings would say there's a tier of three because Philly right now is in that two spot, technically a better winning percentage than that of Boston, despite the fact the Sixers have played two last games. Tonight, Philadelphia at home, an eight-point favorite for a team that has won eight consecutive games. What have you learned, Fonseca, about Philadelphia on this eight-game win streak? They're deeper than you think when you watch them. And they have guys that you can, like, they have a legit playoff rotation. They have guys like Anthony Melton, right, who's going to have playoff moments, who's going to get a bunch of steals, who's going to hound the other team's best offensive player. They have James Harden, who, look, if nothing else, he can be a great playmaker. He could also, you know, score a ton at times. Obviously, he's James Harden, right? But he can also set up other guys, make an entry pass <laughs> to Joel Embiid, which is something that they've struggled uh, in doing over the course of his career. Uh, Tyrese Maxey is obviously, you know, he's a little bit of Jekyll and Hyde still there, but he can obviously go off in a playoff game when you playoff games. He gave the Heat fits in that conference semifinals last year. He was also he also had his moments in the first round against the Raptors. And Joel Embiid, in my opinion, is the MVP so far this season. And that's something that turned over the course of perhaps the last month, maybe six weeks or so, uh, ever since he put 47 on Nikola Jokic, uh, 30 of which was actually on Nikola Jokic because he had seven free throws. I ran through this last week, so it's fresh in my memory. Uh, Seven free throws, so 40 points, like actually on the floor in terms of field goals. 30 of them were on Nikola Jokic uh, when he was on the floor. So, yeah, Joel Embiid, I think, is the MVP so far. And I know that's been a divisive conversation. So, uh, um, you know, maybe that's something we could dive into deeper. <laughs> but I think that with Philadelphia, they're doing some things that are sustainable. But they have all the postseason questions. James Harden's history, Joella Bede's history, Tyrese Maxey's youth, Tobias Harris, who tends to disappear in a lot of these type of games. Um, you don't even know he's out there. You see him running around. You're like, oh, yeah, Tobias Harris. And then Doc Rivers has... Um, yeah, he, he has a championship, but he still has a little yep. bit of a postseason resume that leaves you with your head scratching, we'll say. Right now, you see JoJo, the odds-on favorite, minus 190 to win that NBA MVP. He has scored 31 or more points in all eight of these wins consecutively for Philadelphia. Jokic did have a triple-double in a Nuggets victory in Brooklyn yesterday. 22 points, 17 boards, and 10 assists. Elsewhere in the Western Conference, the Nugs sit atop the conference with a four-game advantage over two teams, including the Memphis Grizzlies. Might we see the return of John Morant here very soon? The Grizz at home tonight, a two-and-a-half-point favorite against the Mavericks. On the other side, though, it's been the absences of Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving Fonseca that leave many questions around Dallas. How do you evaluate the Mavericks 
with Luka and Kyrie on the floor at the same time? Well, the Luka Doncic uh, injury nuked my fantasy basketball season because I lost in the quarterfinals because he was out uh, all week long. And that you yeah, hear that, Luka? You see yeah. what you did, Luka? Yeah. Come on. I, and I'm somebody who always gets to like the semifinals or the finals. Like I'm one of those in fantasy basketball, and I couldn't even get past the quarterfinals this year because Luka Doncic got hurt, and then Jalen Duran got hurt in this game. I'm not bitter about it at all. I'm just saying, uh, as it pertains yeah, to this contest. Yeah, is it, yeah, I'm, I'm totally cool. As it pertains to this contest, look, they do have a win without uh, 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 Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic. Winning without Kyrie Irving is not surprising at all. Winning without Luka Doncic, though, you know, that's something that, him, you know, maybe there's something there that Dallas can channel in order to beat a John Morant-less uh, Memphis Grizzlies team. Uh, ultimately, um, I, I do lean with Dallas on this because I think they can do some things even without Luka and Kyrie, and whereas Memphis looks a little bit more distraught at times. So we'll go with Dallas. All right, concise. I like it. At the end, more of the morning after. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Back right here on a Monday on the morning after on SportsGrid. Sirius XM, Channel 159. I am Ben Stevens. Our next guest is a man you know very well. It is that prop perspective on this Monday with Tom Vecchio. The NCAA tournament on the men's side off until Thursday. The women finish out the round of 32 on this Monday evening. We need some value here on this Monday to reinforce the bankroll for the rest of the madness and that's why we have the prop perspective with tom vecchio from FanDuel live right here on this monday on the morning after vecchio as always thank you for joining us here on tma thanks for having me yes yeah, super exciting time to be a sports fan with like games all day long every day uh we have mlb starting next week which i obviously i'm super excited about i am ready to go Tom Vecchio has his fantasy baseball draft on this Monday afternoon or evening, if I am not mistaken. You know he will be looking at the home run hitters across the bigs this year because he is our home run prop king as well. Wait till we get to the breakdown of why the home run props are valuable in just a few weeks. Vecchio, let's start on this Monday with the MVP race in the NBA. We just shared before we got done with our last segment with Brian Fonseca, Nikola Jokic, 22 points, 17 boards, 10 dimes yesterday in a Nuggets road victory in Brooklyn. Yet he is no longer the odds-on favorite to win his third consecutive NBA MVP. The odds-on favorite in minus money is now Joel Embiid, a minus 190 number on JoJo. He has scored 31 or more points in all eight straight wins for the 70. Sixers. So Vecchio, as you look at the MVP race here in the final two and a half weeks or so of the NBA regular season, how does the MVP race impact what you do in the prop market for all of these players that are contributing? Well, overall, we want to be, you know, sticking with Embiid because he's been so good. Uh, he, he's putting up points left and right. And I got to say, we have seen Embiid you know, I want to say slowly trend upward throughout the entire season. The Nuggets were struggling, you know, and they're kind of still struggling over the past week, two weeks or so. Embiid has been slowly moving up. So I want to stick with the consistent options. I will also say when it comes to the MVP 
discussion overall and it comes to props, how we're we looking at things. I think we want to look at like high impact, like uh, pivotal games. And I'm pretty sure they yeah. play one more time and beat and, and Jokic go up against each other at the end of the season. I think it's March 27th or 28th or somewhere around there at the end of March, beginning of April. That is a very, very pivotal game when it comes to the MVP discussion. So if we see uh, Embiid continuing to crush all all his props, all these big performances, thirty plus points in all these single game, all these games, double doubles. We want to get to that game at the end of March, beginning of April, whenever it is, and that is a pivotal game because if we see Embiid struggle, that's where the line can flip. So we want to be using what he's yeah. doing now and how do we project that going forward? Because if you were interested in Jokic, which I'm personally not. That is a pivotal game to get in before it happens so you can capture the odds before they move, depending on the outcome. So we obviously want to stick with the consistent things, which is Embiid. I do think he will end up winning the MVP, but we want to look forward to say, how can we use that to find the best value? 12 more games for Philadelphia, including tonight at home as an eight-point favorite against Chicago. That game you mentioned on the road in the Mile High City against Nikola Jokic is exactly one week from today. It is next Monday in Denver, a 9.30 p.m. Eastern time tip between JoJo and the Joker. Tonight, it's 33.5 for Embiid, 10.5 from the rebounding prop perspective against the Chicago Bulls. So when the numbers are this lofty, Tom Vecchio, what is the expectation for Joel Embiid in the prop market? Well, it's certainly looking for a lot of production. I you know, personally have a little bit more interest when it comes to his uh, combined props, whether it be points plus rebounds or PRA. Uh, this isn't like a, a super soft matchup. Nikola Vucevic on the other side is certainly a good rebounder, and we do see him you know, putting up solid performances. This isn't like he's going up against uh, the Hornets as he did or the Pacers the, you know, a couple of days ago. Like This is a, a tougher matchup, so I have a bit more interest in a combined prop rather than just one straight up. Uh, when it comes to this game specifically, actually my favorite prop is going with James Harden. That's over two and a half made threes. It's sitting at minus 125. He, he's been over this mark in six out of his last 10 Chicago. They are struggling on defense this year. They're allowing 13.1 made threes per game, which is the second most in the league. But over the last three games, that's actually jumped up to 15.3 made threes that they're allowing. So uh, I think, again, looking to some of the secondary options is the spot to go. Embiid's numbers are being juiced up a little bit. Because he's been so good, you know, deservingly. But I actually like Harden the yep. most tonight. And that's a great impression when you look at the prop market as well. Secondary market for a guy named James Harden is not necessarily something that is associated with one another. But because of that public attention and the lofty numbers for, for Joel Embiid, you can find some value elsewhere. Vecchio out in the Western Conference tonight. The status uncertain for John Morant. He is eligible to return from his eight-game NBA suspension tonight at home for the Grizzlies against the Mavericks. He is not expected to play tonight for Memphis. The Grizz do host the Mavs as a two-and-a-half-point favorite. No points props out just yet for really either of the two sides. We could see Luka returning from that thigh injury as well. So, Vecchio, with the questions surrounding this game, what's the approach? Uh, immediately, I like Dallas. They're still sitting at plus two. I saw them there a little bit before. If they're still there, that's where I like them. Uh, you know, Kyrie Irving's listed as questionable. He did play in their most recent game. Like you said, there's been some positive notes that Luka did practice in full at the end of last week. Mm -hmm. If he's good to go, if they both play, that number shouldn't be plus two for Dallas, you know, especially considering that there's no John Morant, there's no Steven Adams, there's no Brandon Clark on the other yeah. side. Jaron Jackson Jr. is listed as questionable tonight. So if Luka and Kyrie end up playing, that line shouldn't be plus two. So I'll take them right now at that at that number.
It's a really good look. And again, John Morant not expected to make his return for Memphis tonight, despite the fact his eight-game league suspension has come to an end as of today. Vecchio, the Western Conference has been jumbled all year long. The Mavericks now in that sixth spot. They would be outside the Western Conference play-in tournament if the season ended today. The regular season in the NBA ends in just under three weeks, three weeks from yesterday, Sunday, April Ninth. So, Vecchio, knowing how we don't have a ton of time left, knowing how packed those Western Conference standings are with the team that sits in the five spot, the L.A. Clippers, only three and a half games divide L.A. there from New Orleans in the 12 spot. What do you expect the ending of this regular season to look like? Which teams are you keeping a close eye on in that Western Conference standings component? Well, I expect the star players to hopefully see a slight uptick in minutes. This is not time for coaches to mess with the rotations. They need to have the star players out there. And hopefully that provides a lot of consistency when it comes to props. You know, we're not going to see players getting pulled early. They have to kind of buckle down and pick up every single win that they possibly can. So I think that can help lean towards overs on some player props just because they have to be out there. And then I'm, I'm, I have to be keeping my eye on the Warriors because they are a complete mess on the road this season. They're awesome at home and they're horrible on the road. And if they can find any semblance of consistency, any semblance of defense when they're, when they're on the road, that's going to have me encouraged going into the postseason, the, the play in tournament, wherever they end up, because we know what their ceiling is. Like, we know what they're capable of, but it's a matter of can they find it and get those things ironed out before the regular season ends. Becky, when you look at the Warriors right now, they are 29-7 and seven at home in San Francisco inside the Chase Center. They are 7-29 and 29 away from San Francisco. A palindrome, if you will, in terms of their home road splits. They have won seven consecutive games. Make that eight consecutive games at home. They have lost their last eight on the road as well, including this three-game slide currently. Now, the odds would say... Golden State is due for a road victory against one of the worst teams in the Western Conference, the Houston Rockets, tonight in H-Town. The Dubs are a 10-point favorite. Vecchio, can the Golden State Warriors snap their road struggles with a victory in Houston tonight? I think they win this game. I don't know if they cover because they have just been hmm. so, so inconsistent and it just provides so much uncertainty when it comes to how you bet them on the spread because that's that's just not a spot that I'm comfortable going when they're on the road. It's I just have no interest in going there. It obviously leans me towards player props. And, you know, honestly, when it comes to the Warriors, like the way Steph Curry goes is the way the team moves overall. And he's, he's coming off a pretty rough performance. He was 5 of 15 from the floor. Um, and like you said, like they're kind of due for a win. I don't like using that term, but it, it's realistically what should be happening, especially in this soft of a matchup. The Rockets are allowing 28.47 points per game opposing point guards. That's dead last in the league. And Curry's prop tonight is at 29 and a half. I do like the over on that one. That's where I'll be going. Like they have to be winning this game. I'm not sure if they cover the 10 and a half points just because they've been so inconsistent, but Curry's over points and the Warriors coming away with the win. It's probably not going to be pretty though. Listen, this is a concern now for Golden State throughout most of the regular season. Ah, ha, ha. They suck on the road. They'll figure it out. You need to win road playoff games to have any hope as defending as NBA champions. Vecchio, elsewhere. On the ice tonight, where are we looking to round out our Monday night prop perspective? 
That's going to one of the best players over the past generation. That will be Sidney Crosby goal tonight at plus 136. He's gone four games without a goal. Uh, they're going up against the Ottawa Senators, which is an awesome matchup. Right now, the Senators over the last month are on 3.60 goals per 60 minutes in five, five situations. That is the fourth worst in the league. And right now, the Penguins, they are struggling. They are on a three-game slide. They are in a very, very tight, very close Eastern Conference wild card race. So they, this is a, this is a matchup that they should not be losing, especially after a three-game slide. I expect a lot of goals in this matchup. Uh, so the over six yep. and a half is certainly looking very interesting. And Crosby, they need their best player to step up tonight and find the back of the net, plus 136. That total is lofty, six and a half for this game between the Senators and the Penguins. The over has the juice on the number as well. It's minus 130 to bet the over of that six and a half goal total tonight between the Pens and the Sens. That Monday night prop perspective brought to you by FanDuel's Tom Vecchio. Tom, as always, we appreciate your time. Thank you for joining us here on the morning after. And best of luck in your fantasy baseball draft later today as well. Thank you, and thanks for having me. As always. Next, it will be the odds and the advice from a former odds maker himself, our sportsbook conciliary, Dave Sharapan. Come back and join us here on the morning after. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We are back. Live right here on a Monday on the morning after on SportsGrid. Still in the month of March, still trying to make sense of that madness. Following the opening weekend of the 2023 Men's NCAA Tournament as the Sweet 16 lays on the horizon starting on Thursday, Friday, Elite Eight Action Regional Final Contests over the weekend as well. So, of course, as we start off a new week, we need to guide you on your path. We do that with advice. We do that from the odds perspective with our sportsbook conciliary, Dave Sherapan. Sherapan joins us here live on this Monday on the morning after. Sherapan, thank you so much for taking the time to join us here. Dave, you know my eyesight in this studio in Midtown Manhattan, not the best. So what is on your lid today? What hat are you wearing? That would be a Creighton Blue Jay uh, lid. Just picked this one up. Uh, The kids went to visit Creighton. And they picked this up for me. Now, apparently, everywhere everyone goes, they get a hat. So, yeah, Middleton Sig got into Creighton. Big news. She, uh, she, she actually looked at those lofts that you lived in. Apparently, so we might be, we might be headed that way. I don't know yet. But the what? lid came. They won. We're wearing Creighton Blue Jay stuff. We're getting ready for the, uh, you know, Western Regional Finals here in Las Vegas. So. We got, a, we got a big weekend ahead here, but you got MSG there in the East. Got a lot of basketball to talk about. Um, I'm sure there'll be some betting in the bets this week. You're going to have a lot of people walking by there to ask all those questions to. I can't wait. I hope so. I hope yeah. so, Sheriff. Yeah. Now, a couple yeah. of things here in that laundry list that we need to start this segment with. If you need any recommendations for the big O, beautiful downtown Omaha, Nebraska, you let me know. I covered a ton of Creighton softball games during my time. Of course, Creighton basketball as well. Now into the Sweet yes. 16 for the second time in the last three years. It is always nighttime in Pittsburgh, but yes. the West region and the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight out in your neck of the woods, Las Vegas this weekend. So Dave, let's start 
in the West region, but not the Sweet yeah. 16. We look back on the final game of the round of 32. Sharapan, oh. sports betting can be the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. And it really depended on where you had the number last uh. night. Gonzaga as a four and a half point favorite in that 3-6 yeah. matchup in the West in the round of 32 against uh. TCU. If you back the Horned Frogs, elation. Mm. If you had Gonzaga laying the points, you were pretty pissed off going to bed <laughs> on a Sunday evening because Sharapan, again, here is the timeline. Gonzaga uh. up by seven as TCU was keeping it within striking distance of that spread but really not for the overall outcome of the game so under right. 10 seconds remain the Zags up by seven the Horn Frogs hit a corner three it's a four-point game the Horn Frogs covering once again they try to press Gonzaga they get the ball out to midcourt game is over the Horn <laughs> Frogs foul Hunter Salas of the Zags again a mm. four-point game under a second remaining now Hunter Salas has two free throws he makes both of them. Gonzaga yes. is up by six. They're covering the number. TCU inbounds. They let the ball roll into the front court. Damian Ball picks it up for the Horn Frogs. He hits a deep three. The game is decided by three, 84-81. Gonzaga does not cover as a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Dave, the emotion that we felt right there as I recap the entire crazy <sighs> ending stretch, where do you rank that in the long list of the worst beats of all the bad beats that you have seen? Listen, that was a good beat if you had uh, TCU. Well, of course. Like, that's yeah, yeah. everyone always frames it in the bad beat part of the story. If you had right. TCU, you were covering for a lot of the game and then you weren't and accepted your fate and then you won. And everyone talks about that being a bad beat. That's a good win. That's a lucky win. Sometimes you got to get lucky in the sports book. And that was one of them. That was a rough one, though. For, there was a. It was an audible groan. I was I was yeah. hanging out down uh, downtown in Vegas, and you can hear it. And it's the last game, so there's no get back. There's only get to the airport for your red eye, or worse, this morning and flying back east or wherever you're going. So yeah, yeah. that one hurt. That one left a mark. But um, it's interesting that I don't know. It doesn't affect the line for the next game. But, right. man, when people look at the scores, I think it might affect their betting for the next game with, like, the Zags and UCLA, which I think might be the marquee game of the Sweet 16 round. That can't By wait far. for that game. By far. Oh, I mean, the two yeah. games in Vegas on Thursday night in the West region, oh. I think, are the two most exciting games in the Sweet 16. UConn yeah. and Arkansas. The Huskies, a three-and-a-half-point favorite. It is not going to be that easy to get past the Hogs. UCLA in Gonzaga, a rematch of the Final Four from just two tournaments ago where Jalen Suggs hit the half-court buzzer beater in overtime. One of the best games anybody has ever seen in recent memory in the big dance. UCLA, just a point-and-a-half favorite against the Zags, minus 128 on that money line. Sharapan, I feel it was a bad beat because I had a money line parlay with three teams yesterday. Creighton, Ooh. Miami, and Gonzaga. I was thrilled by what I had seen. I sent that to my dear father, Rick Stevens. For whatever reason, on the book that he was using, there was no money line opportunity for the Bulldogs against the Horn Frogs. So he bet Gonzaga minus four, and he needed that as his final leg of that three-leg parlay. I texted him after I watched it happen in live time. I think my dad was... <laughs> already asleep he just sent me a text about an hour ago saying so effing pissed so Bajman, <laughs> i feel for you 
Sorry about that one, my Sorry, man. Pops. So, Sherapan, as we keep it going through the round of 32, of course, in the round of 64, uh, we saw history on Friday night. The Cinderella from New Jersey, Fairleigh Dickinson, just the second 16 seed ever to upset a one seed. Yeah. The Knights did that to the Boilermakers of Purdue. The run in the madness comes to a close yesterday against Florida Atlantic. But, Sherapan, as we go back to Friday mm. night, Fairleigh Dickinson was a 23-and-a-half-point underdog against Purdue. It was yes. the longest spread ever for an underdog winning outright in the history of the NCAA tournament. So, Dave, from that odds-making perspective, was the FDU upset over Purdue the biggest upset we have ever seen in the history of the big dance? Yeah, in my opinion, that, I mean, it, it brought up the UMBC stories again, and, I mean, that one was because it was the first time you ever, everyone remembers their first Benjamin and that UMBC one was the first. So that was the one that I think resonates, but man, everything was just set up perfectly right for Purdue to have a big yep. 10 run to the final four and all this other stuff. And there was a lot of people that the momentum that builds in the book is just something different. When a team shows life as a dog and keeps going and then has fun, I mean, I know this, the whole Kinsake family got caught up in it like we did last year with the Pelicans. I mean, we were hoping, yeah. you know, that FDU could win it again. That was, uh, that was a classic game. They didn't get it done yesterday. It was just, it was a lot of fun, but those stories last, what, 48 hours? It's gone. That's it. It's a it's a distant memory now, and we have to come up with a line and a play for Florida Atlantic. That's that that's yep. where, where you got to just advance the ball forward and go, now what? Now what do you do? Yeah. Now the Owls of FAU, a four-and-a-half-point dog against Tennessee yeah. for that Sweet 16 matchup on Thursday night inside Madison Square Garden. In MSG on Thursday, the first game of the Sweet 16, Kansas State, Michigan State. Chair Penn, as you well know, the calendar in East Lansing does not read January, February, March, and then April. It is January, February, Izzo, then April, because <laughs> Michigan State is now in their 15th Sweet 16 under Tom Izzo, their 13th since the year 2000. They also won the national championship in the 2000 NCAA tournament. Now, Sherry Penn, you tell us all the time, the odds do not incorporate narratives. The odds do not incorporate storylines. It is a number you set, and you let the market evaluate how it may. MSU is a one-and-a-half-point favorite against K-State. The Wildcats are on the three-line. Michigan State is on the seven-line. Does that spread, or however short it might be, in favor of Michigan State incorporate the legend that is Tom Izzo in the coaching pedigree he has at all. It absolutely has to. It absolutely has to. There's just no um, – I mean, if you put up pick, they're going to bet you to, to Michigan State being the favorite. You might as well start it at least under a bucket and see who, if anybody, will go against that. Now, listen, there's a lot of a lot of rhombuses and a lot of parallelograms on Marquette yesterday. I mean, it was, it was one of mm. those games where, you know, they were going to win. And – they didn't. Izzo gets results in March. We've seen it now for years. And look at the East region odds right there. They're the same. So, yep. uh, I mean, we'll ask again on Thursday, but who do you want in that game? Who do you want in that game? The, the Big 12 has been great, but who do you want in that game, Big Ted Ben? There's people listening, you know, or watching. 
when it comes to the coaching perspective, you would have to mm -hmm. side with Tom Izzo based on yeah. experience. However, Jerome Tang, in his first year as a head coach, is bringing all the vibes and the positive yes. energy for K-State, yes. a team that has been heavily overlooked by the odds all year. They're 23-11 and 11 against the spread. It will be a battle of New York City guards against each other in New York City. Tyson Walker scored 23 points for Michigan State yesterday. Marquise Noel, 27 points to pace Kansas State in their victory over Kentucky. Everybody right now, Sherapan, based on the national title odds, trying to catch Alabama. The Crimson yes. Tide, the favorites, 3-1. to one. Alabama, a 6.5-point favorite in their Sweet 16 matchup on Friday in Louisville in the South region against San Diego State. The odds say Alabama is the clear favorite. What does Dave Sherapan have to say? It's going to be hard to find any takers for San Diego State in this matchup. Um, mm. And it makes perfect sense. Mm. I mean, if you look at the odds on Alabama to win the region, I mean, the two-game parlay for them to win this one and the next one, um, I believe it's around minus 130, minus 140-ish. So yeah. it makes perfect sense that, listen, Alabama's, again, all they've been able to keep all the noise away and just keep producing on the court. I'm still coming to grips with the fact that Alabama is this good in basketball as well as football. I mean, I'm just not ready for all of the SEC, everything. It's just too much too soon, yep. but it makes perfect sense. I think they're a clear favorite over Houston, but um, the odds will tell you that they're pretty, pretty close. I mean, I don't know exactly yet. I wouldn't even want to venture what the line would be in Houston. Mm. In the final mm. four, we got a lot of basketball mm. to be played to get to that point. But, yeah. you know, give me give me Alabama in that matchup. When you look at San Diego State, a really good defensive team, do they have enough offensively to keep up with Alabama? Finally, Sherapan, the hat you are wearing. Roll yes, Jays roll. The Creighton Blue Jays into the Sweet 16 for the second time in the last three years, trying to make the Elite Eight. They will take yeah. on Cinderella from New Jersey, not FDU, Princeton, a 15 seed from the Garden State into the Sweet 16 for a second consecutive year. Quickly here, Sherapan. Princeton is a nine-and-a-half-point dog. Can they keep the underdog Cinderella momentum moving here in March? Boy, it's really hard to say no. I I, I mean, I, at what point does the, does the slipper break? It might be yep. this one, Benjamin. This is going to be a tall task for them to win, but can they cover? Absolutely. Got to shoot the three better against Creighton than they have in each of their first two wins over Missouri and Arizona. More of the morning after up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Closing out our two hours together here, live on this Monday on the morning after on Sports Grid. Sirius XM, Channel 159. All across the Spiz Grizz Network as well. That's Sports Grid. I am Ben Stevens. On this Monday night, no action in the NCAA men's basketball tournament here as the round of 32 has concluded. The Sweet 16 next up in just about three days' time. But there is CBI action, and there is... Round of 32 games in the NCAA Women's Basketball Tournament 
as well. Now, Dave Sharapan was just here, our sportsbook conciliary. He offered some advice before he parted ways with us during the commercial break. In the CBI, Southern Utah, a six and a half point favorite in their matchup against Rice. Sharapan told me to tell all of you out there that is the play of the day. The game starts at 2.30 p.m. Eastern time. Just know that. I evaluate a couple of spots in the women's tournament that I think are rather enticing for tonight as well. So before we say farewell and before we say goodbye, it's time for an NCAA tournament best bet. It is time for Bye Bye Bye. Don't think the madness just happens on the men's side. Stanford, the one seed in their region of the bracket, upset last night by Ole Miss. The eight seed, the Cardinal, had reached 14 consecutive Sweet 16s. No longer. Speaking of 14 consecutives, it's what UConn has done in the Final Four. Gino Oriema has led his Huskies to 14 straight Final Four appearances. And UConn, despite not having Paige Beckers, does have a ton of talent in the front court, led by Aaliyah Edwards. I think Utah, U, or UConn excuse me, can cover as a 14-and-a-half-point favorite tonight. Elsewhere, Florida Gulf Coast pulled off an upset as a 12 seed in the opening round of the women's tournament. FGCU is a 33-win basketball team. They are taking on Villanova tonight. They're a six-and-a-half-point dog, as you saw. Maddie Zegrist for Villanova leads the country in points. But if they slow Zegrist down, maybe there's a chance. That does it for this Monday on the morning after. Tuesday, tomorrow, 9, 9 a.m. Eastern Time. We'll talk.